0: Good morning and welcome to Daily Prayer today for J- July 15th, 2021. Glad that you are with me today. It is early morning here in Montreat, North Carolina. O oh Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Our readings for today are Psalm 97 and 147, 12 through 20. First Samuel 20. 24 through 42, Acts 13, 1 through 12, and Mark 2, through 3, 6. Listen for God's word to speak to you. Psalm 97. The Lord is king. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of God's throne. Fire goes before God and consumes God's adversaries on every side. God's lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim God's righteousness, and all the peoples behold God's glory. All worshippers of images are put to shame. Those who make their boasts in the worthless idols, all gods bow down before God. Zion hears and is glad, and the towns of Judah rejoice, because of your judgments, O God. For you, O Lord, are most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. The Lord loves those who hate evil. God guards the lives of God's faithful. God rescues them from the hand of the wicked. Light dawns for the righteous and joy for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, and give thanks to God's holy name. Psalm 147:12 through 20. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For God strengthens the bars of your gates. God blesses your children within you. God grants peace within your borders. God fills you with the finest of wheat. God sends out God's command to the earth. God's word runs swiftly. God gives snow like wool. God scatters frost like ashes. God hurls down hail like crumbs. Who can stand before God's cold? God sends out God's word and melts them. God makes God's winds blow and the waters flow. God declares God's word to Jacob, God's statutes and ordinances to Israel. God has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know God's ordinances. Praise the Lord. 1 Samuel 20, 24-42 So David hid himself in the field. When the new moon came, the king sat at the feast to eat. The king sat upon his seat, as at other times, and upon the seat by the wall. Jonathan stood while Abner sat at Saul's side, but David's place was empty. Saul did not say anything that day, for he thought something has befallen him. He is not clean. Surely he is not clean. But on the second day, the day after the new moon, David's place was empty, and Saul said to his son Jonathan, "Why is the son of Jesse not come to the feast either today, yesterday, or today?" Jonathan answered Saul. David earnestly asked leave of me to go to Bethlehem. He said, "Let me go, for our family is holding a sacrifice in the city, and my brother has commanded me to go there. So now, if I have found favor in your sight, let me get away and see my brothers." For this reason, he has not come to the king's table. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan. He said to him, You son of a perverse, rebellious woman! Do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse lives upon the earth, neither you nor your kingdom shall be established. Now send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die. Then Jonathan answered his father Saul, Why should he be put to death? What has he done? But Saul threw his spear at him to strike him. So Jonathan knew that it was the decision of his father to put David to death. Jonathan rose from the table in fierce anger and ate no food on the second day of the month, for he was grieved for David because his father had disgraced him. In the morning, Jonathan went out into the field to the appointment with David, and with him was a little boy. He said to the boy, "'Run and find the arrows that I shoot.' As the boy ran, he shot an arrow behind beyond him. When the boy came to the place where Jonathan's arrow had fallen, Jonathan called to the boy and said, "'Is the arrow not beyond you?' Jonathan called after the boy, Hurry, be quick, and do not linger. So Jonathan's boy gathered up the arrows and came to his master. But the boy knew nothing. Only Jonathan and David knew the arrangement. Jonathan gave his weapons to the boy and said to him, Go and carry them to the city. As soon as the boy had gone, David rose and beside the stone heap and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. He bowed three times and they kissed each other, and they wept with each other. David wept the more. Then Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, since both of us have sworn in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord shall be between me and you and between my descendants and your descendants forever. He got up and left, and Jonathan went to the city. Acts thirteen one through 12 Now in the church of Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Sim, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, a member of the court of Herod, the ruler, and Saul, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting the Holy Spirit, said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, as, and they had, done, had John also to assist them. When they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they met a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man who summoned Barnabas and Saul and wanted to hear the word of God. But the magician Elimus, for that is the translation of his name, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, also known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked and straight paths of the Lord? Making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And now listen, the hand of the Lord is against you, and you will be blind for a while, unable to see the sun. Immediately, Mist and darkness came over him, and he went about groping for someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. And from Mark chapter two, verses twenty three through thirty six. One Sabbath he was Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look why, look, why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read when David did, when he and his companions were hungry and in need of food, he entered the house of God, when Abathur was high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which it is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and he gave some to his companions? Then he said to them, The Sabbath is made for humankind, and not humankind for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Again he entered the synagogue, and a man was there who had a withered hand. They watched him to see whether he would cure him on the Sabbath, so that they may accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, Come forward. Then he said to him, Is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save life or to kill? They were silent. He looked around at them in anger. He was grieved at the hardness of heart and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately conspired with the Herodians against him. How to destroy him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, some great stuff. Um, today we have from 1 Samuel. This is, always gets me teary-eyed. So, um, remember, David and Jonathan have sort of conspired together, I guess. I'm not sure if conspired is the right word. Um, but they have hatched a plan to see what is, what is Saul's intent towards David. When they set this up it's the the Feast of the new moon and um, David is going to be conspicuously missing and he says, you know depending on what Saul's response is then we'll know uh, what his intents towards me are so he's missing the first day Saul says he's probably just there's some some legitimate reason that he's gone that he's unclean and then the second day comes and he asks Jonathan. Where, where's David? Jonathan says the cover story. Oh, he's, he's gone down to Bethlehem. His brother asked him to be, participate in a, in a sacrifice. And Saul is angry. Saul is furious at Jonathan. Why? Because Jonathan, he says, has sided with the son of Jesse, David. You notice he can't even say his name. He says, you've sided with him for your own harm. From Saul's perspective, he's saying, you should be the next king. You should be the king after I am king. That's how dynasties work. But the fact that you are working with David, this this rival king, this other person that Saul is just panicked that David would become the next king, The fact that Jonathan is siding with him means that he is siding with the person who means that Jonathan himself will not be king. Saul is so focused on his own dynasty, his own credibility, his own ego, that he does not see what God is doing in all of this. Or is Jonathan true to form? Sees where God is going, sees the Spirit of God has left his father Saul and is gone with David. This man after God's own heart, but also after Jonathan's own heart. And so yes, he's gonna side with David. So Jonathan goes away from the table, he is grieved because his because of what his father is doing. And and his Father's perspective on this. Y'all, relationships between fathers and sons are hard. On any day. But when you're a king, <laughs> and a kind of crazy king, um, and a faithful person, that it's going to be even more difficult. Jonathan goes and and they had this whole thing laid out how he was going to describe to David to either stay or to run. He tells him to run and David doesn't run. David comes and says goodbye to Jonathan and it is a beautiful, beautiful scene. As far as they know, this will be the last time that they will see each other. It's not actually the last time, but it feels like it could very easily be. And they pledge again to one another that their houses will be united no matter what happens. And David leaves. David flees. David runs from the current king of Israel. And this begins this period in David's life that is tumultuous, but it is the time when he really, truly comes into his own. I love that one. Anyways, um, then we have from Acts. This is actually the the text for Sunday, so spoiler alert. Um, We go to the church in Antioch, who is becoming sort of the new hub for Christianity, especially in the Gentile world, and Paul and Barnabas are chosen to be Leaders. They are chosen um, by the Spirit of God to go out and proclaim the good news. The the good news that these believers in Antioch have heard, other people are now going to hear, and so they go out. This is really interesting because this is a, a, a an official sending, right, um, from not Jerusalem but from Antioch, this new sort of hub. And who do they choose? It's Barnabas, uh, sure, the son of encouragement. He has he's, he's done a lot of things recently, right, um, that we have seen. But also Saul, Saul, this guy who very recently was trying to murder people in the church, right? He, <laughs> um, he has now been here in Antioch for about a year, and he's the one that is being sent out. That's really interesting. That's really um, remarkable, isn't it? That they would choose, or that the Spirit would choose Saul. Again, we know um, that God has said, you know, this is the one that I have chosen to, to do this special work. But the fact that the the believers in Antioch were able to discern that and go with it and say, yeah, I think you need to really do this. It says a lot about our call. Um, I am I am lucky because I was one who sort of heard personally a call and to, into ministry and then was able to receive it. But I know so, so many of my fellow ministers and those who are called to leadership in the church where they may not discern the call themselves or they do and they don't want to hear it, right? But it's those around them who say, you know what, I think you are called to something special. Some of those go into ministry early and say, yes, this is, this is what I have been called to do. Um, and many of them go into other careers <laughs> and do something else. And then, you know, in their later years, really hear that call and go to seminary as they're in their 40s or 50s or 60s. Um, God has a special call, even though it may not be as a minister of word and sacrament, but God has a unique and special call for you. I know so because you are watching this video right now. And God has ordained all things to come together that you might hear these words of mine. Discern what is the will of God. Christ for you? What is God calling you specifically to do? How are you participating in the kingdom of God? And if you have a hard time hearing that voice yourself, what are the people around you saying? What are the people around you calling, the faithful people, what what do they see in your life, in your skills and abilities? We're getting preachy this morning. All right. Then in Mark, Jesus comes to, um, is going through a grain field and he is picking grain or the the disciples are picking some grain. The Pharisees see this. I always imagine they sort of pop up out of like a Spanish Inquisition style out of the um, out of the grain field. And they say, oh, oh, you're doing this thing that you're not supposed to do um, because they had not only taken the law of you should not work on the Sabbath but then they make all these extra rules and laws beyond that to fully completely define what work might be um, what you're not supposed to do what you are supposed to do this and that and all the minutia and apparently walking by and you know grabbing some grain and just sort of rubbing it that does count as work so they say you're you're breaking the rules Jesus says, No, they're not. That's a dumb rule, first. Second of all, sometimes, yeah, we break the rules. Look at David. David ate the bread of the presence, the the bread that only the priests were supposed to eat. And, yeah, he was still a pretty good guy. Um, We'll hear that story, I believe, tomorrow or the next day. And he says, you know what? Sabbath is a gift. Sabbath is given to us by God. God has, given, or God has given the Sabbath to human beings for human beings' benefit. This isn't for God's benefit. This God doesn't need a special day for people to reflect on God, but people need a day set apart to reflect on God. Time set apart to reflect on God. So he says, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Well, they don't like that very well. And they follow him to a, to a synagogue where there is a man with a withered hand. And he asks them this deep question You have all these rules about what it means to, to do Sabbath and not. Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil? To do good, to heal, or to harm? And they're all completely silent. Um, So, hanging out with youth, that is often the response of people, right? Especially youth. Um, You ask a question and they just kind of go, please, somebody answer. Please, somebody else answer. I don't know what to say here. Nobody has anything to say. And Jesus says, okay. Buddy, come here. Reach out your hand. And he reaches out his hand and it is healed. Healed. Again, the Pharisees are put in the, you know, on the defensive or on the offensive, whatever it is. I don't know how that works. Um, they don't like it, and so they align with the Hellenists. Um, so this could be sort of Greek-thinking folks that are Hebrew. They could be just Greek-thinking folks. They could be kind of the Sadducees, which were a little bit on the I, Whatever it was, they are building a coalition in order to get rid of Jesus. So, those are our readings today. Let's go ahead and join together in prayer. Satisfy us with your love in the morning, and we will live this day in joy and praise. Give us your peace, O God, that we may rejoice in your goodness to us and to all your children, and be thankful for your love revealed in Jesus Christ. Especially, we thank you for the faithful witness of Christian people, the vast universe of galaxies and stars, friends with whom we have shared. Courage to be bold disciples. The labors of those who have served us. People of God, for what else do we give thanks? I continue to give thanks for this beautiful place and this chance to be with the youth of Uh, the Presbytery, and all the other youth at this conference. Pray that God would continue to work in and through all those gathered. Give us your peace, O God, that we may be confident of your care for us and all your children, as we remember the needs of others especially we pray for Episcopal and Methodist churches, racial justice and reconciliation, those who are poor or vulnerable, Agents of caring and relief. Help for those who are abused or neglected. People of God, for what else do we pray? I, pr- I pray for my friend Katie. the distractions that she has in life that um, really separate her from God but also thank you for her love for God just continue to work in and through her pray for Mike Cheryl's friend who has stage four cancer For Debbie, who is recovering from hip surgery, that went well. For Bill's friend, who is continuing to recover from a stroke, though her eyesight is continuing to be bad. For all those others who are on our hearts and our minds this morning, God, our shepherd, you have brought us this day to a time of reflection and rest. Calm our souls and refresh us with your peace. Keep us close to Christ and draw us closer to one another in the bonds of wondrous love. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Now let us continue to pray using the words that Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. and Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now may the Lord, who is our peace, give us peace at all times and every way. Amen. Bless the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Join me tomorrow for some more. Like this video, share it with someone else, click on the subscription and the notification button, as well as going to our website, johncalvinchurch.org.